We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. We're just getting word from the NYPD about uh, some shots fired in lower Manhattan, the Tribeca area, Chambers and West. Not much more information than that, but a large police uh, response to that scene. We'll let you know more as soon as we uh, find out what's going on there. Let's go live to the scene now. WCBS reporter Rich Lamb has arrived there in lower Manhattan. Uh, Rich, where are you and what can you see from your vantage point? All of the details in this are extremely fuzzy and preliminary at this point. There is a report about road rage. A report that uh, there are some uh, five people who may have been wounded or injured in some in some capacity. At this point, uh, there are, you know there are choppers overhead. There's there are police officers everywhere, uh, police cars, and uh, apparently they have a person under arrest here. We continue to cover this uh, shooting apparently in Lower Manhattan near Chambers and West Street. We're told five people were injured, and uh, now we're being told that apparently the attacker was in a car, witnesses telling some uh, reporters that a vehicle drove down a bike path along West Street, hitting pedestrians and cyclists as well. WCBS's Mike Smeltz is down at the scene, and he's been talking to some witnesses. Uh, here's what uh, some of them had to, had to say to him. Yeah, I'm a student at BOCC, and I was on the phone with my boyfriend, and um, he called me and he said that some lady said that there was a FedEx truck that hit some car and people started getting hit and then he started running because he saw um, a couple of people on the floor and then um, when we just when walked the past, floor, you mean on the, the, on the sidewalk, yeah, on the sidewalk, like there was people who were hit, yeah, on the on the hit on the sidewalk with the um, the bikes that were broken, the city bikes, and when we walked past just recently, the cops were putting covers over the bodies. Did he say he heard any shots? Yeah, I heard shots when I was standing in front of McDonald's talking on the phone with him. And I heard another shot and I said, run, run. Uh, either a road rage incident or or someone just unhappy with something driving this rented Home Depot truck down the bike path near West and Chambers Streets, uh, hitting several people, and then apparently also opening uh, fire with a gun as well. You know, the question is right now, was there a shooting involved? Was this uh, a vehicle attack? Was it both? Was it a, a vehicle attack that then followed with some shooting? Or... I think it's also important to note what this area would have been like before this happened. Um, you know, obviously we had the, the Times Square car ramming attack earlier this year, and this area is extremely crowded uh, during this time of day. It would have been the time of day that a lot of people would have been getting out of school. There's a community college here. There's also a public here as well. This is a, an area where a lot of families live, so it's an area where a lot of kids are. We are seeing on social media some pictures of uh, at least one body covered in a sheet, but there's no official word of fatalities yet, but it certainly seems like that's uh, eventually going to be the case here. The NYPD has, uh, has sent out a, a tweet that this is not an active situation as far as a suspect on the loose right now. They do have a person in custody. What we need to do here is uh, get this figured out, exactly how it started uh, was it road rage? Was there a shooting involved? Was it a calculated vehicle attack? Those are the questions. Rich, what do you see? Uh, we Earlier you were uh, kind of uh, fighting with police to get to get access to the scene. What can you tell us now? We are getting no official information at this point from the NYPD. We assume they are trying to put this story together. Uh, it is obviously a complex one, uh, and there are varying uh, storylines at this point. Uh, one, uh, that there was a road rage incident and uh, and somehow an individual uh, involved in that incident uh, may have fired some shots. Here's what we can tell you, that, that witnesses seem pretty certain on this, that a vehicle went barreling down the bicycle path that runs right, right along West Street in the area of Greenwich Street, hitting people on bicycles. Right now we have pictures from the scene that we are looking at where we can see multiple bicycles littered, crumpled along this bike path. Uh, some of them are, are just flat on the path, a couple others up against the stone retaining wall. The Associated Press now uh, quoting a witness who said that the truck had collided with a small bus and one other vehicle. Then the man got out 
started screaming something and firing something that appeared to be a gun. And there's the mayor walking up the street uh, now just putting his jacket on along with his uh, contingent of uh, intel officers uh, walking down to get probably a firsthand account of what's going on. And there are some reports that two people have died. We are seeing some uh, some stark images coming in from this bike path along West Street near Chambers, just absolutely littered with bicycles, mangled bicycles. Yes, I'm just looking at an update now from the uh, New York Daily News. They have spoke to a witness who said they thought it was a Halloween prank or something, and then they quickly realized it was serious as... Uh, as the uh, truck headed up that bike path, hitting these people. There's- and uh, we have WCBS reporter Mike Smeltz uh, among our team at the scene. Mike, what can you tell us? More that we've also gotten from the scene here is that pretty quickly they found the suspect after the accident. Um, so this was not a prolonged chase from what we're understanding here. Tom Kaminsky, you're you're keeping an eye on this as far as a, a, a traffic situation. It's a, it's a busy afternoon. Folks want to get out with their families, do their trick-or-treating. They just want to get home. What can you tell us about that area? And uh, Well, a lot of folks were going to be heading into town for the Village Halloween Parade as well, and uh, as of right now, West Street is shut down both directions on the northbound side from... Mer- All right, we're getting some new information from the NYPD now uh, saying that this vehicle entered the West Street pedestrian bike, pa- bike path just a few blocks north of Chambers Street. The NYPD now telling us that uh, this truck uh, struck several people. There are several fatalities. That's the NYPD's phrase, several fatalities and numerous people injured in this incident. And we also understand that uh, Mayor de Blasio and Governor Cuomo are getting an update from NYPD officials right now. And as police are investigating this, uh, one of the things they are looking at is the possibility that this was just a, a deliberate vehicle attack. Just as you say that, I I see an update now from CBS News, the uh, CBS News Network, that they uh, have uh, talked to a law enforcement source who tells them this act was intentional and they are treating it as a terrorist investigation. Uh, It is uh, a scene of tragedy and and one that we have seen uh, far too many times in New York. Here it is, a a bike path, ordinarily a scene of uh, of runners and joggers, uh, of bicyclists uh, exercising uh, people uh, going through a park-like uh, atmosphere there, right next to the Hudson, uh, you know, nature's beauty everywhere. And suddenly you have this rental truck barreling down the path, uh, knocking people down on their bicycles, scattering those bicycles all around uh, and, and, and killing people, six at least that we know of. The NYPD says the driver then exited the truck displaying imitation firearms and then was shot by the NYPD. So that's, those are the gunshots that people heard, as we uh, had speculated earlier. It was not the uh, attacker, if you will, who fired the shots, but it was the police officers shooting at him. Now, special coverage from WCBS. If you're just joining us, there was a truck attack in Lower Manhattan along the bike path along West Street this afternoon. It happened just after 3, about 3.10 this afternoon. Uh, We're told six people dead, at least nine injured as this uh, attacker drove a rented flatbed Home Depot truck along the bike path, striking pedestrians and bicyclists along the way, then getting out and holding up two imitation firearms. That's when police shot the attacker in the leg. All of this happened about two hours ago in about 15 minutes. Uh, We expect a briefing at one police plaza. WCBS's Alex Silverman is there and has been talking to police sources. Alex. Yeah, we're in the uh, the briefing room on the second floor of one police plaza, uh, awaiting the arrival of Mayor de Blasio and police officials. There are at least six people dead in this incident. Of course, no firm numbers at this point. Uh, we will hopefully get a uh, number of wounded that is closer to reality uh, when the officials come out to brief us. Alex, I know the briefing hasn't started yet. Have you heard anything about tonight's Halloween parade, which is going to be in the same area? You have to assume a lot, if not thousands of people are trying to get into Lower Manhattan to take part in that parade. We did hear from the parade organizers that it is still on. Have you heard anybody there at One Police Plaza say anything different? Uh, we gather that they are huddling, the parade organizers are, with police officials to determine what now they have to do. They're going to have to put some more security measures in place. Uh, even when something happens elsewhere in the world, uh, an attack of some sort, if there is a major event, a parade in New York City, the police will step up the security measures. I want to play with you quickly, for you quickly, this 30-second clip of um, the radio traffic from the police arriving on the scene. This uh, is from Broadcastify. 
This is the police arriving on the scene as uh, the attacker is uh, apparently getting out of his truck. Let's listen. Those are the first units arriving on the scene, the radio traffic. Uh, you heard one officer on the radio uh, describing that uh, uh, that there were several people down as he arrived on the scene. Uh, again, the number that we have right now is at least six dead and at least nine possibly more injured in this incident. I'm just uh, seeing from the Associated Press, uh, we saw how at, the, at one point the, this rented Home Depot flatbed truck hit a small school bus. This is the first time I've seen this. There were kids on that bus, apparently. A witness tells the Associated Press he saw that yellow half-size school bus. Uh, apparently it was T-boned by the truck. Firefighters then were trying to get children out of the truck, af- out of the bus afterwards. So there were kids on the bus at the time. We don't have any word if any of those kids are among the nine injured. We see NYPD Commissioner Jim O'Neill, Mayor de Blasio, Governor Cuomo, and others uh, walking to the microphone. I think the first voice you're going to hear is Commissioner James O'Neill at one police plaza with an update. I want to commend the response of our NYPD officer that was on post near the location who stopped the carnage moments after it began. Also, work of the, the work of the first responders, including the fire department and EMS personnel, surely helped save additional lives. As I said, I'll give more of a chronology in a couple of minutes, but uh, right now I'd like to introduce uh, Mayor de Blasio. Thank you, Commissioner. It's a very painful day in our city. Horrible tragedy on the west side. Let me be clear that based on the information we have at this moment, this was an act of terror. And a particularly cowardly act of terror aimed at innocent civilians, aimed at people going about their lives who had no idea of what was about to hit them. We, at this moment, based on the information we have, we know of eight innocent people who have lost their lives and over a dozen more injured. We know that this action was intended to break our spirit. But we also know New Yorkers are strong. New Yorkers are... Governor Cuomo. Thank you. Um, First, our thoughts and prayers are uh, with those New Yorkers who we lost today. It reminds us all how precious life is. They left the house this morning. They were enjoying the beautiful west side of Manhattan on a beautiful fall day, and they're not going to be returning home. Uh, And that shock and that pain is going to be very real. Uh, And our our thoughts and our prayers are with all... being called a lone wolf terror attack. WCBS reporter Alex Silverman now with the latest on what we know. The police have prepared for this type of attack, but it is so difficult to guard against. The new terrorist tactic, uh, which they've called for publicly are these lone wolves who commit an act of terror. A 29-year-old man driving a rented truck, veering off the highway onto the bike path. Began driving southbound, striking a number of pedestrians and bicyclists along the route. For a mile, running down people on foot and on bikes. What stopped him was a school bus with children on board. We want to bring in CBS News investigative producer Pat Milton. Pat, you have been looking into the suspect in this case. What can you tell us? Yeah, we have uh, sources uh, telling us that he's identified as Safulo Saikov. Uh, he had a Florida driver's license on him, and his last address uh, they have for him is uh, Tampa, Florida. He's uh, 29 years old. We also understand he uh, maybe originally be, be from or have ties to Uzbekistan. Is that right? Yeah, there there is uh, some reports that, that that is where he is a native from. Uh, we also know that uh, eyewitnesses have reportedly told police that the suspect yelled Ali Akbar when he exited the truck. 
which would be Arabic for uh, Allah is greatest. Republican Congressman Peter King of New York from Long Island is on our news line, a member of the House Homeland Security Committee and, and congressman. We've been told this is being investigated as a deliberate act of terror, and I know it's incidents like this where it's it's one actor that uh, really worries folks uh, the most, doesn't it? Yes, I mean I've had unofficial contacts with a number of people involved in the investigation, and uh, I've probably heard the reports that you have, whether or not they're true, that he yelled Allah Akbar, uh, you know, you know, being one of them. The fact that he started up at Houston Street and uh, basically went down to Chamber Street indicates that this was something that appears to have been planned, or at least was deliberate. No, but this is the nightmare uh, in that not a large organization per se attacking or a large concerted attack, but one person acting on his own. And Al-Qaeda and ISIS have put this out, especially ISIS, as a means of attack, taking a vehicle in an urban area and driving it into a crowd. We've seen it in Barcelona. We've seen it uh, in uh, Germany, we've seen it in France. This is Rich Lamb at Greenwich and Chambers. Chef Eugene Duffy had just left work at City Vineyards on Pier 26 when his world changed in the blink of an eye. I look down and I see a truck going down towards Chamber Street, and I'm saying, "What's going on?" So as I go down more, I see two. I see, he's in the bike lane, clearly in the bike lane. And I see when I go down, I see two gentlemen laying right there in the bike lane with tire marks across their body. And you can tell that they're not here no more. The presidential inauguration. Now, special coverage on WCBS. A new era begins today with Donald Trump being sworn in as the 45th president of the United States. The ceremony begins shortly before noon before a crowd of hundreds of thousands. WCBS reporter Marla Diamond is along the National Mall and joins us live. Marla. And the crowd is getting rained on right now, Pat, with rain in the forecast throughout the afternoon. The National Park Service has eased its restriction on umbrellas. A lot of people are wearing ponchos, and they've filled in the non-ticketed standing room only areas. From our vantage point near the Washington Monument, you can see many of the red Make America Great Again caps. Security is as tight as it could be. The main protest area is about a block off of the parade route. Wall Street, of course, is watching and waiting to see what's going to happen with taxes on Capitol Hill, and it looks like it's a higher start for stocks here at the Bell at 9.30. News, traffic, and weather for New York, New Jersey, and Connecticut. We are WCBS News Radio 880. Thursday morning, November 30th. I'm Paul Bernadine. Good morning. I'm Wayne Cabot. This half hour on the WCBS opening bell report, a scheduling glitch leaves American Airlines without pilots to fly thousands of flights during the holidays. Transit experts are saying the MTA's best shot for fixing the subways would be to shut down service overnight. Walmart stopped selling t-shirts that seem to encourage violence against journalists. The Senate opens debate on the Republican tax bill. In our morning show, Joe Connolly about how shopping at Target is changing. And in the business of sports at 945, Brad Heller, the NFL takes over Times Square. Here's what's happening a minute into the trading day. The Dow Jones Industrial Average up 100 points at 24,040. The S&P is down fractionally. The Nasdaq is up 27 points. And just in the last few moments, the Dow has crossed 24K. Just saying. Nikkei was higher, other Asian markets dropped, and stocks in Europe are edging higher in the afternoon. Christmas travel plans for thousands of people are in doubt. A computer glitch allowed too many American Airlines pilots to take off during the holidays. That has left thousands of flights with no one to fly them. No one in the left seat, no one in the right seat. CBS News correspondent Hannah Doba has more. Industry analysts believe American will fix this. And right now, your best bet may be to pack your patience. We are WCBS News Radio 880. Good Monday afternoon, July 10th. I'm Michael Wallace. And I'm Steve Scott. Coming up this half hour on the WCBS Afternoon Roundup Late Edition. Afternoon commuters are adjusting to some changes on their first full ride home during the MTA Summer of Hell. Cool, calm, collective. Not newsworthy. (laughs) The White House defends Donald Trump Jr. for meeting with a Russian lawyer who claimed to have some dirt on Hillary Clinton. Iraq claims victory over ISIS in Mosul, but some fighting is still going on. NASA's Juno spacecraft gets an up-close look at Jupiter's great red spot tonight. Gills Muller knocks out Rafael Nadal at Wimbledon, winning their fifth set 15-13. WCBS News Time 531 on the Afternoon Roundup Late Edition. So far, so good this afternoon for MTA commuters on this first day of schedule changes due to the major repairs at Penn Station. WCBS reporter Alex Silverman live at Hoboken Terminal. How's it looking there, Alex? 
uh, so far things are okay, Steve. Uh, not without incident. There have been a couple of canceled trains, a couple of express trains have turned local. Uh, people have had to run from one side of the station to the other when they change track assignments. But, you know, all things considered, the people in suits standing here watching this are pretty relieved. Uh, they're expecting about 12,000 more people here at Hoboken on a, uh, on a normal afternoon. About 4,000 of those are the folks who rode the four early Midtown Direct trains to Penn Station. That service now does not run in the afternoon. So those people have to take the path or a ferry or otherwise get themselves to Hoboken in order to get home. Alex is one of those people. I would have been home by now if the, if the other trains were running pretty much. So it's not a lack of information, it's just the fact that you have to do it. Yeah, it's not a lack of information. It's really not. They gave, I already knew it was coming starting July 10th, but it still sucks to actually go through it. So it seems like to this point, at least on day one, uh, the plan is working. Uh, but one question is, how many people avoided the whole affair on the first day? Are things going to get more congested as the week goes on? I asked New Jersey Transit spokesman Charles Ingoli if they have any sense of that. Well, it's hard to tell just how many people didn't go to work today or decided to take another route, whether it's a car or a carpool. You know, it's difficult to see how many of those folks... We are looking into the opioid crisis. Marla Diamond has been uh, diving deep into these problems and a report, The Killer Tide... And in this week's report, we meet families who are coping and speaking out. At 28, Eric Christensen of Somers was on the fast track at the NYPD, working as an undercover to get narcotics off New York City streets when he hurt his back working out at the gym, says Mom Carol. And it all started with painkillers from the doctor with back pain. All they kept on saying was, I want to be the man I used to be, and I'm not. And, and that's all they kept on. He was just crying. He said, I'm just not the man I used to be and I want to be. And he comes home out of rehab June 4th, 2012, and he died June 9th, 2012. On the day of his funeral, Carol read an article in the Mayo Pack News written by Susan Salamone, who had lost her 29-year-old son, Justin, to a fatal overdose just two weeks prior. Time after time, my son tried to stay clean, and I believe he really wanted it. But he was carrying the dark passenger of addiction. And after some The grieving parents time, formed a bond and a place for addicts and their families to go called Drug Crisis in Our Backyard. One of the organization's main goals, says Susan Salamone, is to reduce the stigma of addiction and bring it out of the shadows. You want to talk about your kid, and you can't. You know, every time I can say Justin's name, it makes me happy. Marla Diamond, WCBS. 723, it's Monday, and we have another of our 50 people to know here on WCBS. And Sean Adams catches up with one man who makes the morning commute just a little bit friendlier. The Brewster train station just might be the friendliest rail stop around, all because of one man. Good morning. Have a good day now. Morning. Good morning. Good morning, sir. Have a good day now. Every day, like clockwork, 84-year-old George Godfrey arrives for the 4.30 a.m. train. I enjoy being here every morning. But he doesn't get on board. This avuncular gentleman with kind eyes greets folks as they run for the train. Longtime commuter Rick Rogers. He brings a smile first thing in the morning. Brings a smile first thing in the morning, which is what pretty much everybody needs <laughs> when, you're, when you're commuting on the 645. George Godfrey then returns in the afternoon and welcomes people home again. You might ask why. I just didn't want to stop, you know, want to stop hanging around the house feeling sorry for myself. After my wife passed away, you get lonely and you get just depressed and stuff like that. And this helps me out. I feel I feel great when I can say hello to everybody in the morning, and they smile back at me and say hello. Good morning, honey. Hey, you're right today, honey. <laughs> Danielle Romeo wrapped Godfrey in a warm hug and planted a kiss on his cheek. I think he's the greatest man ever, and he makes my mornings all the time. <laughs> You can't miss Godfrey. He's the guy wearing a Korean War veteran's cap and a jacket from the Brewster Volunteer Fire Department. It appears he's found yet another way to serve. It just gives me the satisfaction of being polite to people and stuff like that. I, I enjoy it. In Brewster, Sean Adams, WCBS News Radio 880. All right, see you tomorrow. Traffic is moving Rockland bound on the new Tappan Zee Bridge. The first drivers hit the new asphalt at about 1.30 this morning. WCBS reporter Mike Smeltz drove across, too. You could tell from the first drivers this is a moment they wanted to savor, with most going below the posted speed limit of 45 miles per hour. 
Driving onto the new bridge was seamless. It was so seamless that Bob Fuhr did not even realize the new tap was opening up to traffic. We were on the ramp, and the next thing I realized, oh, it's a little different, and oh, we're actually on the new bridge. Wow, that's pretty cool. Fuhr called it awesome being on the new bridge, but did say it was not a flawless experience. I guess there's a bunch of little drainage things, you know, like grates or whatever along the surface of the road, which uh, in, in one of the lanes that I was actually in, it was a little, just a little bit bumpy. That bumpiness is likely due to the temporary lanes that are set up for now, while crews work towards full completion of the bridge sometime next year. Just off the new tap in Piermont, Mike Smeltz, WCBS News Radio 880. The so-called summer of hell is coming to an end. LIRR and J Transit and Amtrak trains will go back to normal at Penn Station after Labor Day. WCBS reporter Kelly Waldron caught up with riders. Now that Phase One of Amtrak's track renewal project will be completed, New Jersey Transit will restore full service at Penn Station, New York, on September 5th, which spokesman Charles Angolia says is good news for commuters, especially those who use the Morris and Essex lines who are being diverted here to Hoboken. The regular Midtown Direct trains will return to service and that one-seat ride to Manhattan and back will be in service. Joel Goldstein is one of those commuters. It works smoothly. It just took a little bit longer, but I must give a shout-out to the ferry, the New York Waterway. It's the best way to go into the city. In fact, some riders tell me as long as the weather stays good, they'll continue to take the ferry. In Hoboken, Kelly Wald... WCBS News Time 838. Let's go to traffic and weather together. Tom Kaminsky and McDonald's McCafe, Chopper 880. All right, let's start first off on the Grand Central Parkway. We're back over here around LaGuardia Airport. It has been such a mess here this morning uh, with folks just trying to get into the uh, internal roadways at LaGuardia Airport. It has been so jammed that there have been uh, reports, and we're actually seeing them now, of uh, people that have been uh, leaving taxi cabs, leaving uh, other vehicles, uh, and uh, just walking the rest of the way toward the terminals uh, at LaGuardia Airport on those sidewalks on the internal roadways. So the eastbound side, Grand Central, heavy from at least the BQE. The westbound side's heavy from at least the LIE all the way in. Now, we've had heavy volume on the westbound side of the LIE uh, getting in through the fairgrounds, more delays on in for Queens Boulevard. We've had also heavy volume on the Major Deegan southbound, Van Cortland Park down to the Cross Bronx, and then more delays from Yankee Stadium right down to just shy of the RFK uh, Triborough Bridge. We have a collision only the far right lane. Out of the Weather Center, watching the rain moving in this morning, Craig Allen. That's right. Another batch coming through now, which we, you know, we've had some off and on light rain in parts of New Jersey in the Hudson Valley, and we still do, in fact. But now we have another area of rain that's going on up right through uh, Monmouth County over towards Staten Island. Uh, actually, all the lower boroughs within the next maybe 10, 15 minutes, if, if it's not already into parts of Brooklyn now. And then it will make its way to the south shore of Nassau County. There's more down to the south. There's plenty off to the west. And this whole system will get hung up right Right over the area through the day today and into tonight. You know how we had so many days of nice weather? Well, this wet weather system is going to take a long time to get out of here, too. Not days, but it will take all day today and right on through the night tonight. Temperatures within a few degrees of 70. It's very muggy out there and also very windy. A wind advisory in effect for frequent gusts over 40 miles per hour through the day and into tonight. Tomorrow, lingering showers slow to clear, especially our eastern suburbs. Right now on WCBS, we have the governor-elect of New Jersey, Phil Murphy, who uh, just came into our newsroom. We'll be talking to him in just a second. Governor-elect, welcome. Good to see you again. Thanks for having me. There's so much to talk about. I don't even know. I mean, there's so many. Your, your job list is uh, is off the charts of all the things that you'd like to do, that you need to do. What's job one? Get the economy going. Um, we campaigned uh, on a theme that we need a stronger, fairer economy that works for every New Jersey family. Right now, we're not strong. You must be cringing when you see what they're working on in Washington about the, oh. the deductions that a lot of us in this area are going to lose. Is there any kind of state relief that could help in a scenario where we've lost our deductions? Listen, uh, this is like health care, Wayne. I mean, this when the federal government makes a move of this magnitude. To understand how we got here... You might start in 1970. The MTA, formed just a few years earlier, was in talks to take over Penn Station from the Penn Central Company, Penn Central which, let's just say, was in bad shape. Its destination could be disaster. Governor Rockefeller made a crucial mistake. Mitchell Moss runs the transportation center at NYU. If New York State had bought it, we would have had clear responsibility. Instead, six years later, control fell to Amtrak. 
And if you think what's happening now is new... Amtrak is threatening to take the MDA to court. You want to sue? Fine, let's see you in court. Think again. In the late 70s, the escalator to platforms 15 and 16 sat broken for four years because Amtrak and the MTA could not agree on who should pay for it. We took over the station in 1976. We doubled the number of train movements in the station, all on the same 1910 infrastructure. Stephen Gardner is the head of planning. Some might call that an unenviable job at the chronically cash-strapped Amtrak. There has long been underinvestment between all the users. Translation, New Jersey Transit and the MTA are at fault, too. But if you ask Professor Moss... This is a clear failure of the Amtrak management over 30 years. In any case, this is where we are. Their tracks were in such bad repair. Fernando Ferrer was the acting MTA chairman when the agency learned just how bad it had gotten. Crumbling railroad ties. Nothing for the rails to be nailed to. I mean, that's nuts. 736, and the Republican tax plan is promising to simplify the process in a way that we could file our taxes with a postcard, they say. But explaining the plan is more difficult. Joining us on the news line, CBS News business analyst Jill Schlesinger this morning. You kind of have a cheat sheet that you've put together with the uh, the various things in this plan, I guess, starting with the tax brackets? Yeah, I mean, look, we're going to get fewer tax brackets. The standard deduction is going to be doubled. But let's take a bigger picture view. Just think of this as a corporate and business tax reform plan, and then on top, an individual tax cut. And then there's the deductions, Jill. We've got the property tax deduction, which I guess is a cap on that. Is that how that works? Yeah, ten grand. So not good for um, those of us here in the tri-state no. area because there's lots of high taxes. Um, and also, you will no longer be able to deduct your state and local income taxes. And that is why Republican lawmakers from this area are absolutely apoplectic. Peter King on the uh, talk shows yesterday made a really important comment, and I I rarely will quote Peter King. So, Peter, listen, I hope you like this. Um, He said, you know, a lot of people are are coming out and they're saying, hey, you know what? Too bad. New York and California, New Jersey. Hold up, hold up, hold up. Why won't you quote Peter King? Got a problem with uh, Peter King? I don't have a problem with him, but I just don't usually agree with him. Oh, there you go. Hence the problem. Yeah, I don't have a problem. He seems like a nice guy. Jill Schlesinger, our CBS News business analyst. There'll be a lot to talk about with the tax plan down the line. This is the first of many conversations on this, we believe. Indeed. Paul putting a lid on our interesting conversation. That's all right. That's okay. We'll move along. Head this off before there's trouble. Traffic and weather together at 738 on WCBS. Tom Kaminsky, bail us out. Look at the traffic. (laughs) Look at all the brake lights. CEO Radio. I'm Ray Hoffman. Tim Ferriss was an early investor in Facebook and Uber. His podcast has been downloaded over 200 million times. His new best-selling book is Tribe of Mentors. The New York Times described Ferriss as a cross between former GE CEO Jack Welch and a Buddhist monk. And in a WCBS Author Talks podcast, that raised a question with me. If you were writing that article yourself, how would you describe yourself? A cross between what and what? (laughs) I would say maybe a combination of Groucho Marx and George Plimpton, who a lot of people my age don't even know, very much an investigative journalist, if you would call it that, who would try to become a professional football player and suffer all the damage and injuries involved with that and then write about the experience. But the one he'd aspire to be more like is the late physicist Richard Feynman. Extremely curious, bongo player, safe cracker. This is all on video on the WCBS YouTube page with CEO Radio. I'm Ray Hoffman. December 8th, 1980. Today on WCBS Backstories. We got the word because it was announced on Monday Night Football. An unspeakable tragedy. John Lennon outside of his apartment building on the west side of New York City. The most famous, perhaps, of all of the Beatles. Shot twice in the back. Rushed to Roosevelt Hospital dead on arrival. He immediately drove down to Roosevelt Hospital, where doctors tried to revive him to no avail. Jumped out of the car, ran into the hospital, and just as I arrived, a Dr. Stephen Lynn came out. In the three or four minutes that I'd been in the hospital, somebody had popped the passenger side window and ripped all of the two-way radio gear out of the car. I had to make my way to a payphone uh, to call the bulletin in, and that's exactly what I Doctors did. Doctors tried to revive him, but there was and nothing they could do. Combat stance. Went over to the 2-0 precinct. He emptied the Charter Arms 38 There was a, an inspector named Pete Prezioso with the NYPD. Pete signaled me Lennon. and said, come on over here. And he said, go into the other room and take a look at a piece of paper 
on the table. There was written Mark, Mark David, David Chapman. Chapman. For more backstories, go to WCBS880.com. I'm Stephen Greenberg talking about your next job. Try typing the words dream job into your Google search bar. My search returned over 32 million results. Yet for all the chatter about seeking a dream job, people rarely seem to find one. But if getting paid to live and relax on a gorgeous beach is your idea of a dream assignment, then here's a job for you. Cancun.com is looking for a CEO, a Cancun experience officer. The job only requires swimming, hiking, and partying, and then writing about it and posting videos on social media about all the fun things to do in Cancun. The position runs from March to August 2018, and it pays $10,000 a month. If lounging in 80-degree weather, climbing pyramids, drinking margaritas sounds like your dream, get going. Applications are now being accepted on Cancun.com. With your next job, I'm Stephen Greenberg for WCBS News The new Radio. book featuring veteran ballet and jazz dancer Marjorie Goodson has no words, but still manages to say a lot about the female form. During her recent visit to our studio, she spoke to us about her new book of photographic essays titled MG and told Pat Farnack the story behind one of our favorite pictures. Could you describe uh, theater of the mind on the radio? Of yes, course. of course. What we're looking at here, right. my favorite photo. Well, this is what they call in ballet, it's called a coupe. And it's on point. And basically, I have different positions, ballet positions throughout the book. And they're sort of like chapters or markers that really as I use as a reminder that within these pictures are not just pictures that I just went out one day and took, that there's an, uh, a dancer behind this, that there's the work behind this. It's, it's beautiful. It's Thank gritty. It's, it's almost as a, a non-dancer, really. Um, Looking at it, it, it's almost painful. I mean, you can see all the hard <laughs> yes. work that yes, really got into giving you that that physique. The full interview is featured in this week's Author Talks podcast. Here we go, dancing in the moonlight. We are getting close to the best viewing of today's eclipse that we are going to get in the New York City area. WCBS meteorologist Todd Glickman up on the roof here in the building that houses uh, WCBS. Uh, Todd, uh, what are we going to see as this passes by? So we're just a couple minutes away from the best view we're going to have. Do you expect quite a change in the next couple minutes? Yeah, we're about four minutes away from the maximum partial eclipse that we will have here in New York City. And I'm looking through the cereal box viewer right now, and about half, if not more, of the sun is obscured by the moon at this point. So the crescent on the south half of the moon is shrinking second by second. And I would expect about two minutes from now, we will start to see a little bit of darkness approaching the area, much like you would see as you get towards sunset or just after sunrise. Uh, I look across the city right now, and as we look into the office buildings, Commerce has come to a stop. Everybody is out with their glasses or their shoe boxes or their cereal boxes. Now, special coverage from WCBS. If you're just joining us, there was a truck attack in Lower Manhattan along the bike path along West Street this afternoon. It happened just after 3, about 3.10 this afternoon. Uh, we're told six people dead, at least nine injured as this uh, attacker drove a rented Flatbed Home Depot truck along the bike path, striking pedestrians and bicyclists along the way, then getting out and holding up two imitation firearms. That's when police shot the attacker in the leg. All of this happened about two hours ago in about 15 minutes. Uh, we expect a briefing at one police plaza. WCBS's Alex Silverman is there and has been talking to police sources. Alex. Yeah, we're in the uh, the briefing room on the second floor of one police plaza, uh, awaiting the arrival of Mayor de Blasio and police officials. And what you just summarized is basically all the information uh, that we have at this point. Uh, senior police officials confirming to CBS News that there are at least six dead in this incident. Of course, no firm numbers at this point. Uh, we will hopefully get a uh, number of wounded that is closer to reality uh, when the officials come out to brief us. Uh, but I was listening to you describe earlier uh, this bike path where this happened. And I can tell you that I am there. I, I run through there or bike through there probably once a week. And uh, as you said, it's an incredibly busy area. At various times of day, you have people walking, you have people biking, you have people jogging. Uh, and uh, what occurred to me is that many of the intersections they have 
bollard set up uh, basically um uh, vertical pillars to prevent anything other than or wider than the width of a bike from getting onto that pillar so i i can't tell you exactly where this truck made its way onto uh that uh, that path uh, but they do have protection in uh, along many busy intersections there along West Street uh, against something like this, against a vehicle which may veer onto onto the bike path inadvertently or intentionally. Uh, it, it'll be curious to see exactly how uh, the this vehicle made its way through the security measures that are in place uh, and managed to get onto that path. Hoping to hear more about that when officials come to brief us. Alex, I know the briefing hasn't started yet. Have you heard anything about tonight's Halloween parade, which is going to be in the same area? You have to assume a lot, if not thousands of people are trying to get into Lower Manhattan to take part in that parade. We did hear from the parade organizers that it is still on. Have you heard anybody there at One Police Plaza say anything different? We have not heard anything on that. Uh, we gather that they are huddling, the parade organizers are, with police officials to determine what now they have to do. Uh, if this indeed was an intentional act, as uh, the police seem to be investigating it as, uh, this uh, the Halloween parade takes place just a short distance, uh, maybe a half mile to a mile away from uh, where this occurred. Uh, so they're going to have to put some more security measures in place. Uh, even when something happens elsewhere in the world, uh, an attack of some sort, if there is a major event, a parade in New York City, the police will step up the security measures. So you have to believe there is going to be extreme security at that parade if indeed it does go forward. And I have to believe that uh, regardless of what the parade organizers are saying now, they're having conversations with the NYPD about whether or not that's a good idea. Alex Silverman live at uh, One Police Plaza where we expect uh, an, an update, a briefing from the police and the mayor and the governor is there as uh, well. Uh, we're expecting that at about 5.15. Uh, I don't know if they'll be right on time with that, but uh, that's due in the next 15 or 20 minutes. Usually they're not, but we shall see. We have uh, two reporters, uh, Rich Lamb and Mike Smelt at the scene. We'll be hearing from both of them shortly. First, we want to hear from a witness that Mike spoke to uh, a little while ago. This witness saw the pickup truck speeding down the bike path along uh, West Street. Let's listen to this. I saw the two bodies laying you know, in the, in the, in the bike path. Their bikes were next to them. And everything was mangled. You, you know, if he was going a slow speed, this, those two guys would still be here. But he was going very fast. And their bikes were mangled. Their bodies were mangled. It, it wasn't something, you know, it, it's sad to see something like that. What did you do immediately? As I, I checked, I was looking around to see if maybe anybody else was hurt. And that's when I looked down. And I, I when I looked more down the block, I seen people running. And I heard nine to ten gunshots. So... And that's when I, you know, I, I started thinking of myself. Then all the police came, and they don't know what's going on. All the EMS, all the, all the cops, they came running towards the way I was, and they didn't know there was bodies there. They're looking for a shooter. They don't know what's going on. And I'm telling them, look, there's bodies here, there's bodies here. And, and I said, there's guys over there shooting, the guys over there shooting. And that's when they went running that way, they, and some other cops came and stayed with the bodies. And then I went down one down the block, and that's where I saw the bus was crashed. The bus was crashed into, and the, the pickup truck was on the corner, crashed into another car. Did you see the driver of the vehicle? No, I didn't see the driver. I Did didn't see the, the driver. Vehicle? I saw the vehicle in the bike path for about a, two blocks, maybe a block and a half. What type of vehicle was it? A white pickup truck. Like, I don't know, maybe something you would rent at a Home Depot or, you know, it was that, a pickup truck. With a white said it was driving pretty quick. Yeah, it had to, yeah. He wasn't just. He wasn't like going slow. No. Necessarily. He was driving. Well, what did it look like? Was it, it seem like a new? It, no, he wasn't zigzag, and he was going down the bike path, straight down the bike path. I, to me, when I first thing I thought of was terrorist. I didn't think nothing else. All right, and this incident is in fact. Uh, being treated by investigators as a deliberate act of terror. At least six people are dead. At least nine are injured. That number bouncing around a little bit after a vehicle, a flatbed truck, a Home Depot rental uh, barreled down the bike path along West Street at Chambers in Tribeca. Let's head to WCBS reporter Rich Lamb, who has been at the scene for uh, at least an hour now. Rich, what's the latest you've gathered? Well, I can tell you that uh, I talked to a photographer and actually looked at uh, at his camera. Uh, he he was down on the ground at the World Trade Center when he heard something going on up here and ran up. And he has he had a photograph of the front of that uh, truck that you talk about. And the hood on it is crushed in. Um, 
into um, kind of an A-shape, if you will, uh, it's clear that there was a tremendous amount of frontal impact, whether that came from uh, various impacts as he came down southbound on that bike path uh, just west of West Street here, uh, or whether it was involved when it was involved allegedly in a collision as well with a school bus. Uh, we don't know where the damage came from, but uh, it was certainly very badly damaged. And we talked to uh, a chef uh, who was just across the street when he was walking uh, toward the east and heard behind him a woman scream. And he turned around because it was clear that there was something going on. Uh, and that's when he saw uh, the truck coming down the bike path. Uh, and he said that it was traveling at a very high rate of speed as though the guy was really pressing down on the accelerator to do all the damage he could do. Uh, if this turns out to be terrorism, which it certainly appears to be at this point, uh, at least it's being investigated that way. And if these reports are true, uh, Congressman King told us about uh, uh, someone shouting a phrase, Allah Akbar. Uh, and if that's true, and if uh, it's true that this is a deliberate act, uh, you know, the, the idea that this is the kind of terrorism, the lone wolf terrorism against which it's very difficult to guard, uh, may, well be, may well be what we're looking at here. It's, uh, it's a situation that clearly has shocked everybody here. Uh, the investigation, uh, the cars, the police cars are still in place. The crowds are still uh, just about as thick as they were about an hour and a half ago, uh, awaiting what we don't know what they're waiting here for. Uh, apparently, they think there's going to be some kind of an announcement. Of course, we understand that there's going to be a briefing very shortly, about five or six minutes away, at least according to the schedule, over at police headquarters, at which time we expect to get a, a full fill-in of what police know at this point. They did get a hold of the guy who was driving that truck after shooting at him. Uh, and we understand that they hit him in the leg, took him into custody. Presumably he's being questioned, although he was taken to Bellevue Hospital. We don't know whether uh, he has been in a situation where they could question him at this point. So it's a, a difficult uh, afternoon here on Halloween. Uh, you know, a very odd situation as we made our way down here with people dressed up in trick-or-treat outfits. Uh, this, of course, a, a terrible reality descending on us here on the Lower West Side. All right. Thank you, Rich Lamb, who is on the scene. Uh, one thing we can point out here, interesting, that Facebook has activated the feature. You may have seen it before, maybe during uh, hurricanes or wildfires, where you can mark yourself safe when there is some sort of disaster going on. And Facebook has activated that feature for this incident. So if you live or work or would have been in Lower Manhattan and there are people across the country or just across the city who might be concerned about you, that might be something you may want to consider. You sure. can mark yourself safe so everybody knows you're okay. It's just a few blocks uh, north of the 9-11 Memorial and the World yeah. Trade Center. Probably international tourists uh, maybe in the area as well who want to mark themselves safe. We're awaiting this uh, NYPD briefing. It's set for 5.15, about five minutes from now. We'll see if it starts on time or not. The latest word, again, is uh, six dead and nine injured in this truck attack in Lower Manhattan. The uh, city also letting us know that if you are concerned about someone who may have been involved in this incident, you can call 311 for some more information. We should check in with uh, our other reporter at the scene there uh, along West Street, uh, Mike Smeltz, who got some pretty compelling witness uh, testimony earlier in the day. Mike, uh, who else have you talked to and, and what have you been hearing? So there's a 22-year-old student that I spoke with who was maybe a half a block away from when all of this happened. I mean, and again, this is a long scene. What we're hearing described to is not just a half a block drive into a city bike rack or wherever they ended up. This was a couple of blocks of this car and where we're understanding potentially deliberately drove down the bike lane. Um, this student was a half a block from where it ended up. And when he heard the, the final ending of that truck, the truck finally stopping, he heard it sound like a huge bang and then turned around and then saw a, a, a huge rush of people running away from the scene. A lot of confusion. There's a smell in there, what he describes as the smell of sulfur. And then we spoke to another man who was trying to grab people off the ground as he saw them. Um, but then when he tried to, he understood their level of injury and tried to alert the police to them for them to help out over at the scene. Um, and again, Rich spoke about this. It's a, a sort of a strange scene right here right now because there's still a tremendous amount of police presence. 
But then there's at least three to four schools in this area. There are young kids around in Halloween costumes, older people around in Halloween costumes, um, people not really sure exactly what to do. And most people are being let out of school, so they don't really even know what exactly happened here on West Street and Chambers Street. All right, Mike Smeltz uh, reporting from the scene, 512 on WCBS, we expect an uh, update from the NYPD scheduled for 515. I'd be surprised if it starts on time. Let us uh, reset and give you an idea of what is going on in case you are in your car now trying to go home and wondering what is going on. At around 3 p.m., do we know an exact time? 3.10, I think, is what we've heard a lot, yeah. Okay, there uh, was an incident in Lower Manhattan in Tribeca near West and Chambers Street. Um, A rental truck, a vehicle from a Home Depot, may have been rented in Jersey City, a flatbed truck, first collided with a bus on Chambers Street, and then in what investigators are calling a deliberate attack, an incident of terror, Uh, That flatbed truck went up on the bike path, the very, very busy bike path that runs along West Street in that area of Tribeca and mowed down pedestrians and bicyclists, everything that was in his way. At this point, we know of at least six dead. Uh, The number of injured has fluctuated. Uh, It's at least nine. We've heard the number go as high as 15 and then bounce backwards, Uh, but we do know that there are considerable casualties from this incident that, again, is being investigated as uh, a deliberate act of terror. The driver of that flatbed truck jumped out, displayed what later turned out to be an imitation weapon. He was shot. actually. Two weapons. He was shot in the leg by police. He's been taken to Bellevue. So there is not an active threat right now. The threat has been uh, neutralized, to, to coin a cop word. Um, but right now it is the investigation, and, and of course we're concerned about the victims. Six dead. We're told nine injured. Uh, that seems to be pretty consistent now for, for a while. The numbers had fluctuated earlier. Uh, and as you said, a, a very busy area of lower Manhattan. This is just a few blocks north of the World Trade Center, right along West Street. A busy bike path. Um, a, a wide bike path, as as we can see. I mean, you could you could easily fit two cars side by side down that path. Now, the question is, Alex Silverman brought up earlier in his report from Police Plaza is, how did that car get on that bike path? Because a lot of the areas that we're seeing, there are some of those concrete or large pillars that block vehicular traffic from getting on the path in the first place. So this attacker, reason. this attacker, yeah. somewhere found an opening that he was able to squeeze through in that in that. Uh, in that rented Home Depot flatbed truck, and, and then was able to carry out this carnage. Unfortunately, and yeah, yeah that's, it, as we're yeah, as our news director Tim Shell points out, we've been seeing the pictures of this truck. The the front end badly damaged. Uh, it, chances are, it got to the point where the engine just wasn't working anymore, and, and he couldn't carry out his attack any further. And that's when he got out. Police sources telling the Associated Press. Uh, we also heard from Congressman Peter King earlier too. The driver got out, yelled uh, "Allah Akbar." Uh, holding up those imitation guns, and then police uh, got to that scene and shot him in the leg. He's being treated at Bellevue at this hour. And uh, we understand from one police plaza that the news briefing is going to be a little late in getting started. It was scheduled to start right about now. Not surprising as they try to pull together a lot of information coming from a lot of different sources about just what happened. Uh, Let's go back uh, to the scene. WCBS reporter Rich Lamb. Rich? Well, uh, we can tell you that uh, we talked to... Um, a chef here who, who said that he was uh, walking across West Street when he heard a scream behind him. He, he turned around to, to see uh, that rental truck coming down, uh, coming down the bike path. Uh, and he said it was traveling at, at a high rate of speed. Uh, and apparently, now this is, this is supposition on my part. Uh, you know, apparently there were police officers already answering uh, the call at this point. Presumably somebody farther up the bike path or observing it from a car on West Street must have called 911 and said, you know, that this is going down, that uh, there's somebody driving a, uh, driving a truck down the bike path and, and hitting people and pedestrians and bicycles are scattered everywhere. So cops apparently were already answering the call and they were confused because uh, apparently some, something uh, had happened where somebody called in some shots fired. Or it may well have been when the police fired the shots that they then, people obviously then heard the shots, called in, shots fired. So police arrived thinking that this was a shooting incident. Uh, And they initially thought 
uh, that it was where I'm located, which is uh, at Greenwich and Chamber Street. But it clearly was over down at the bike path. So uh, at that point, uh, clearly they uh, they saw the man. They shot him in the leg. Uh, he was taken to Bellevue Hospital. Presumably, he's been questioned to some degree if he was in a situation, if he was conscious. We don't really know that. Uh, and uh, and whatever the rules may be for gathering evidence, we're not really completely aware of those. But uh, and if what Congressman King said earlier from his sources uh, was that this guy leapt out of that truck and yelled Allah Akbar, then this would appear to be deliberate and would appear to be terrorism. And this is the lone wolf. This is what the NYPD fears the most. An individual uh, who's not on their radar suddenly appearing on their radar in the act of creating terrorism, driving down this path and hitting bicyclists and pedestrians. We understand uh, a number of fatalities have taken place. Those numbers have changed a little bit, uh, at least six that we know of. Uh, and we, at last we heard nine injured. Earlier we'd heard 15 injured. But clearly an awful lot of lives affected directly uh, by this. And, of course, indirectly, the city is in shock of, about what took place here. Certainly the neighborhood has a pall cast over it. Uh, just thinking about what took place, how on an uh, innocent uh, afternoon uh, when people were going to go trick-or-treating, instead they've ended up with this terrible tragedy on the bike path here. The uh, police vehicles are still in place, the light's still blazing. Uh, the investigation, uh, obviously they have to be very careful to, to, uh, to take a look at all of the evidence here, photograph it, take statements from witnesses to establish what took place here. WCBS reporter Rich Lamb, live at the scene again, at least six dead and at least nine possibly more injured as this uh, flatbed truck intentionally barreled along the bike path along West Street near Chambers. He's Steve Scott. I'm Michael Wallace. We're awaiting the uh, news conference from One Police Plaza. An update on what happened this afternoon. Uh, we see that it uh, should be starting any moment now. I want to play with you quickly for you quickly this 30 second clip of um, the radio traffic from the police arriving on the scene. This uh, is from Broadcastify. This is the police arriving on the scene as uh, the attacker is uh, apparently getting out of his truck. Let's listen. Those are the first units arriving on the scene, the radio traffic uh, from the NYPD of the first units arriving at the scene. Uh, you heard one officer on the radio uh, describing that, uh, uh, that there were several people down as he arrived on the scene. Uh, again, the number that we have right now is at least six dead and at least nine possibly more injured in this incident. I'm just uh, seeing from the Associated Press, uh, we saw how at, the, at one point the, this rented Home Depot flatbed truck hit a small school bus. This is the first time I've seen this. There were kids on that bus, apparently. A witness tells the Associated Press he saw that yellow half-size school bus. Uh, apparently it was T-boned by the truck. Firefighters then were trying to get children out of the truck, af out of the bus afterwards. So there were kids on the bus at the time. We don't have any word if any of those kids are among the nine injured. We see NYPD Commissioner Jim O'Neill, Mayor de Blasio, Governor Cuomo, and others uh, walking to the microphone. I think the first voice you're going to hear is Commissioner James O'Neill at One Police Plaza with an update on what happened this afternoon in Tribeca. Right now they're getting uh, several people in line uh, behind the commissioner and the mayor and the governor. Bill Sweeney, the head of the uh, local FBI office, is there. Is this being investigated as a deliberate act of terror? And here's NYPD. Hey, afternoon, everybody. Steve, we good? All right. Just keep in mind, this incident occurred uh, a little more than two hours ago, so all the information that we're giving you right now is preliminary and subject to change. After I speak, you're going to hear from uh, Governor Cuomo and Mayor de Blasio. Um, Bill Sweeney from the Assistant Director in Charge of the New York FBI Office is standing up here with me, too. We have members of my executive staff. We have Cy Vance and uh, members of the state police. First, I just want to say that today, 
there was a loss of innocent life in Lower Manhattan. The dead and injured were just going about their days, heading home from work or from school or enjoying the afternoon sun on bicycles. This is a tragedy of the greatest magnitude for many people, for many families here in New York City and beyond today. I want to commend the response of our NYPD officer that was on post near the location who stopped the carnage moments after it began. Also, work of the, the work of the first responders, including the fire department and EMS personnel, surely helped save additional lives. As I said, I'll give more of a chronology in a couple of minutes, but uh, right now I'd like to introduce uh, Mayor de Blasio. Thank you, Commissioner. It's a very painful day in our city. Horrible tragedy on the west side. Let me be clear that based on the information we have at this moment, this was an act of terror and a particularly cowardly act of terror aimed at innocent civilians, aimed at people going about their lives who had no idea of what was about to hit them. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. 